And the body never makes mistakes. You know, this is very important for us to understand. Your body never makes mistakes. We might make mistakes. We might not like what our body is trying to tell us, but the body never makes mistakes. Your body's not trying to kill you, right? If it wanted to, it just has to stop breathing for four minutes and you'd be dead. So we have to kind of realize that our bodies are allied. It's not trying to damage us. It's not trying to kill us. It's doing whatever it can to signal to us something is wrong. And it's giving us time and space to find a solution. So we want to tap into that. And we want you to be able to tap into that, our clients to tap into that, and then model that to their children. Because the form of healthcare that we choose can potentially be a form of generational trauma to our children. Hey everybody, my name is Josh Remini. I am the pharmacist that de-prescribes drugs by giving people health and wellness tips, tricks, hacks to moving their health from maybe not so good to vibrant. Follow along if you're ready to go beyond the pills. Hello, everyone. I am more than excited to introduce our next speaker in the summit today, Sachin Patel. He is not only my mentor and personal friend, we've gotten to know each other. We are very much aligned in all the things we want to do in life. But one of the top people in the planet that I love only because of what he gives to not only his profession and healthcare and wellness, but also the universe in this world, Sachin Patel. What's up, Sachin? How are you today? I am amazing. I'm fantastic, Josh. Thanks for having me and I'm thrilled for our conversation as well. Yeah, this is exciting beyond words for me just professionally, but because of the impact that you provided your community and in healthcare and the topic of this summit is beyond the pills. And it's really how do we get pharmacy and pharmacists moving beyond the pills and really evolving their profession. And you and I are kind of in that same space where we've taken it upon ourselves to really push the needle in our professions. And so I just wanted to thank you for the conversation even to really start helping others inspire them to take action. Because I think right now in the healthcare paradigm we're in, the time is now. The time to speak the truth and do the things we do. And the first thing that I learned when I joined and followed you in the mentorships and things that you've created for me is your belief in the doctor of the future is the patient. So I want to talk a little bit about that because that's a really different shift from the paradigm that we're used to. Yeah, absolutely. And that's such a great talking point because it is a big shift in how we look at our role as practitioners, as pharmacists. We need to reposition ourselves as a guide for our clients to become their own heroes in their healthcare story. Up till now, people are looking to us and almost coming to us from a place of having an empty cup. And it's then our job to then fill that cup for them. And unfortunately, sometimes that's always not the best way to approach this. We have so much power as individuals. We have so much capability as individuals and capacity to facilitate our own healing. However, nobody's guided us through that process and what that actually looks like. You know, one of my mentors, uh, James Chestnut, said the world doesn't need more doctors, more nurses, more pharmacists, more chiropractors, more naturopaths. What it actually needs is more healthy people. And when we understand the magnitude of the problem, we start to recognize that we can't build hospitals fast enough. We can't build chiropractic clinics or holistic clinics or even pharmacies fast enough to actually solve the issue of a population that can't take care of itself. Nothing can fix you better than you. 
And so once I recognized that, that was a big paradigm shift for me because here I thought I was going to save my community and save my city, but there isn't enough of me to go around and serve a population that doesn't know how to really take care of itself. And it's kind of sad because we don't really get this training anywhere, even in chiropractic school. And, you know, I can't speak for pharmacy school, but I will let people know my wife is a pharmacist. So I have firsthand and pretty close and intimate experience with the industry. We don't really learn how to be healthy. We learn how to fix people when they're broken, but we don't really get the true philosophies on how to actually promote health. And it's when people get sick, we might have great tools. It could be, in our case, a supplement, or in a pharmacist's case, it could be a supplement, or it could be a medication that they're filling the prescription for. But is that really what they're deficient in becomes the ultimate question. Or are they deficient in a skill set that they should have developed from the very beginning of life that nobody's taught them? And so when we go back and we trace back where this stems from, our parents don't really teach us how to be healthy because nobody taught them how to be healthy. Our school system doesn't teach us anything meaningful about vitality and creating wellness. College certainly doesn't. Our employers, if they do, it's very little emphasis. And our even graduate schools don't teach us how to be healthy. You can go to medical school and you can become a specialist and never learn how to actually be healthy. It's not taught to us. So it's a big failure right from the very beginning. Our parents fail us. The school system fails us postgraduate training fails us, our employer fails us in many ways, if we're looking to point the finger at somebody. But if we're looking to take full responsibility, then it's ultimately us who should be seeking how we can take the best care of ourselves possible. And, you know, it's great to know that there's treatments and cures for interventions or for diseases, but the majority of these diseases are preventable. So, you know, when we think about something like cancer, everyone wants a cure for cancer, right? There's billions of dollars being spent to study for and look for and identify a cure. And we haven't found one yet, as far as I know, but to even benefit from the cure for cancer, for diabetes, for heart disease, or whatever disease you name, you have to have it first, which means that you had to live a lifestyle in an environment with a mindset with a consistent set of behaviors that created that disease and dysfunction, usually after several decades, right? We don't wake up one day perfectly healthy and then the next day with a chronic illness. It takes chronically bad, repetitive behaviors or environments and exposures to create that. The question that came up for me is what if people could learn how to take good care of themselves from the very beginning? They could, in effect, doctor themselves. And beyond moving from this idea of treating or curing or reversing an illness, what if we focused on how can I learn how to create amazing health for myself? I mean, what would my capabilities be if I had amazing mental sharpness, amazing physical health, amazing sleep, an amazing attitude towards life and felt good in my body every single day. And I felt balanced and whole Imagine the world that we could create if everyone felt this way instead of the world that we're living in right now, where everyone is moving, inching almost every single day towards disease and illness, and then looking for some sort of magic pill or some savior that's going to come and fix them. When all along, all these decades that have been passing, they could have been actually moving their health and life in a completely different trajectory. So my proposal is, is that 
we need to shift the perception of the current patient to realize that, hey, nothing can fix you better than you. Your body is literally replacing itself in this moment. During this conversation, billions of cells will die and silently replace themselves. And we're essentially a hologram of life. So there's life and death happening within us simultaneously. And if we could tap into that, that regenerative capacity that we all have, we can instantly start moving in the right direction. But if we're waiting for our condition to get bad enough to the point where a poison actually makes us feel better, then we know we're going down the wrong path. So my proposal is, you know, how do we become our own doctors? Because I feel that that's truly the only solution. And as unrealistic as it may sound or feel, it is more real than any one of us could imagine. This is what I believe people are looking for. Everyone wants a cure for cancer, but nobody wants cancer. And you, you can't have both. You can't have your cake and eat it too. We've got to teach people how to live a life where they don't create these diseases based on a lack of awareness. And if they do create these illnesses and diseases, that they have full ownership and responsibility of them, or we move these diseases towards the very end stages of their lifespan, not when they're 40 or 50 or 60, and then they have to struggle through the next 20, 30, 40 years of their life. Yeah, it's a huge piece to that is when we say the patient is the doctor, we're not talking diagnose and treatment, right? We're talking about being our own healing capacity and turning the things on. Like our bodies are beautiful machines. There's so many things going on and we were taught how to, I call it the prescription evolution. Like medicines, one, they came from plants first, right? Mm -hmm. Penicillin. And it was a mold, but it fixed acute problems. And that shift came to, well, how can pharma create chronic conditions, which then became symptom management, not disease treatment or curing. And it's interesting how in this day and age with all the technology, all the pharma, all the thing where everything we're investing in right now has little to nothing to do with healing the body. And I, you and I are very similar. We don't want to be called practitioners anymore in our lives. We want to become healers. And the word healer is very different. And I think that's what's important to know, like with this pharmacist summit is we're used to treating our patients and being the hero in their journey. And when reality is when we say patient center, that means they're in the driver and teaching them the skills that they can. And also using technology for, you know, using wearables and monitoring things with technology, blood glucose, continuous monitoring and things of that nature are all in our wheelhouse to help that person put tools in their toolbox. So I loved that shift that you had back in the day, where it's like, I need to be the guide. And I always say, let biochemistry take hold. When I have to say functional medicine to people, they don't understand it, but it's literally taking away the good, the bad signals and putting in more good ones. And that's what we're talking about, right? Yeah, it's, you know, a model of vitalism. Think of a plant, right? A plant is a great analogy for our body. When a plant starts to wilt, we don't try to diagnose it with a disease or some sort of dysfunction. We give it what it needs. We give it the sunlight that it needs. We give it the water that it needs. We give it the soil and the quality nutrients that it needs. And guess what? It has this innate potential to thrive when we provide it with the right conditions. Supplements and herbs and even prescription medications can be great at solving acute challenges. However, it's important for us to realize that it's not until we go back to the fundamentals that we're going to start to thrive again like the plant would. You can't just you know, give the plant water. 
maybe it needs water, but maybe it also needs more sunlight. And one doesn't compensate for the other. So you can't say, well, I'm going to put this plant in the closet in complete darkness, but I'm going to compensate by giving it more water. You're going to drown the plant. It's just not going to thrive under those conditions. So it's really about finding balance and homeostasis having this awareness that we have this innate capacity to heal. And that's all our body wants to do. It's constantly striving towards balance and homeostasis. And it's constantly responding to our thoughts and our interpretation of the environment that we're in. And if we can start putting people in the driver's seat of their health and become the driving instructor and teach them the rules of the road and also teach them how the car, the vehicle itself works, then they're much less likely to get into a car accident. You'll never see a car wrapped around a pole where somebody's saying, oh my God, that car made a mistake, right? It's not the car that made the mistake. (laughs) It's not the car that crashed into the pole. I mean, if it does happen, it's extremely rare if there's a failure in a mechanical system, but usually it's the environment. Maybe the road conditions were not that great or it's a user error. And our bodies are not much different than that. You know, we are the highest form of intelligence in the entire cosmos. I mean, if you think about the trillions upon trillions of cells that make up our body and all the machinery and intelligence that's involved in having these cells coexist together and create all the organs and systems in our body to maintain life. I mean, it's quite remarkable. And I think we almost forget how miraculously amazing we are. And we almost forget that our body is in a constant state of rebuilding itself. You know, in fact, there are very few cells in your body that are more than a few months old. Our digestive lining replaces itself twice a week. Our taste buds replace themselves every 10 or so days. Our skin replaces itself every 30 days. So we're in a constant state of being reborn and renewed. And we forget that. But when we remind people of that, we show them simple things that they can start doing and simple ways that they can measure these shifts, they start feeling empowered. And that's what I love about things like wearable technology. It provides a a very short feedback loop for people to know that they're trending and moving in the right direction. And it's easy to build that belief muscle in yourself when you can see that, hey, my sleep is getting better. My blood sugars are much more balanced. My energy is much more stable. When you're doing a variety of things that your body requires, your body is going to thank you. This idea that we're fighting disease is actually a huge misnomer. Your body's not fighting you in any way whatsoever. It wants you to be healthy. It wants you to be balanced. It wants you to find homeostasis. So what are we actually fighting? We're pointing the finger in the wrong direction. And so one of the things that is kind of tragic to me is when somebody gets a diagnosis, we're trying to find what's wrong with their body. Their body's not the one making the mistake. It's actually the driver. It's the user error. And it's not even the user error. It's a lack of self-awareness. It's hard to blame somebody for something that nobody taught them in the first place. And the word doctor means teacher. So it, it literally is our job as, you know, representatives of the healthcare system to teach and educate our patients so that they can become self-sufficient. And that isn't to say that they're not going to need, you know, to go to the pharmacy to fill a prescription for something or, you know, get a supplement if they have a challenge that they need to correct. But that shouldn't be the first line of defense. The first line of defense should be them asking, what could I be doing differently? What could I be doing better? And being healthy, in my opinion, is like rolling a boulder down a hill. Your body, just like gravity, is working to get that boulder down to the bottom of the hill, your body is working with you. And if you can be an ally of the systems and play by the rules, 
then health is, is only our most natural state. Our body takes so much less effort for us to be healthy compared to being unwell and imbalanced and sick. Yeah, it's the whole concept of homeostasis, right? Our bodies want to be in a state of balance. The universe, everything is in a state of balance. There is no good or bad. It just wants to be where it is. One of the things I've admired the most about you is making complicated simple, like ideas, healthcare. One of the first things I learned, and as I was learning, it's funny because I was reading Business Made Simple as I was learning the techniques. I've gone through this process now. So functional medicine just sounds complicated in itself, right? And we have a, we probably have a bunch of pharmacists here that are interested or have gone through that channel. I remember when I got trained in functional medicine, I was in the other category as a pharmacist. So it's kind of a niche of a niche, but we're really talking simple things like breath work that can improve your patient's blood pressure score systolic by 10 points, literally by breathing, humming, doing the right things. Yet we're going to the second or third medication when it's not working. And so what I'd love for you to kind of expand on, because we're not talking complicated, which is sort of interesting because with this whole concept is like, we don't need to know the biomolecular mechanism of action to get the thing to the thing to fix our patient. It's like we teach simple strategies and let everything else take hold, which makes things so much simpler and transformational for health. So tell me about that experience and how that kind of shifted with you and your practice, but also in your life. Yeah, you know, there's a great quote from Leonardo da Vinci, which is the greatest sign of sophistication is simplicity. And that was echoed by Steve Jobs. And no matter what you think of Steve Jobs, I think he was a fantastic product developer and kept his products extremely simple, which made them really easy to use. And that had broad market appeal. Him and Steve Wozniak invented the personal computer and mostly it was Steve Wozniak, but Steve Jobs was able to make the products really simple for people to use. And so when we, we kind of tap into that kind of legacy type of thinking, we start to ask ourselves, okay, well, what's the most sophisticated thing that we're aware of? Most sophisticated thing that I'm aware of is the human body, which to me means, well, then that should mean it's the simplest to take care of. Right? If we had to learn every single nuance and every single biochemical pathway and every single molecular reaction that was taking place in our body at any given moment in order to fix it, that's not very simple, which means it's not very sophisticated. It's actually quite clunky. What makes your car really awesome is that you just turn the key and it works, right? What makes your computer super awesome is that you turn it on and it does exactly what you tell it to do. And that's what makes it sophisticated, right? Is the simplicity that we're able to use these tools and of course our, our body with. In order for us to heal individuals, but also to heal healthcare, which is the mission that I'm kind of on and I know you're on is let's heal healthcare because that's what's broken first. We need to heal the kind of the paradigm and then we can heal our patients. We can't heal through a broken model. And so how do we keep things simple? Because simple makes it accessible. If it's complicated, it's not accessible to the average practitioner because there's a huge learning curve that they have to go through, which means it's not going to be accessible to the average person. So we're actually, that's a dark path for us to go down. Whereas if we make things simple, 
then A, it becomes accessible. We tap into that sophisticated system and we know when we provide the right inputs, all the mechanical and the biochemical pieces are taking care of themselves on the back end because there's this innate wisdom and intelligence under which it's operating. And what we've identified is about 10 to 12 key inputs that the body needs. And some of these include proper breathing. Breathing is the bridge between our sympathetic and our parasympathetic nervous system. If we want to heal every single organ, cell, tissue, and system in our body simultaneously, that happens when we're in a parasympathetic state. However, if we have broken breathing patterns, or we breathe with our mouths, or we breathe very shallow, we're actually sending our autonomic nervous system a message of stress. And when we send that message of stress, then our body goes into a state of fight or flight. And when we're in a state of fight or flight, we're not sending blood to the organs that are going to promote our deepest healing. We're sending blood to the periphery. So that's just one example. Lighting is another example. You know, So if we have the wrong type of lighting in our environment, then that's going to actually disrupt our circadian rhythm. So disrupting our circadian rhythm has a profound effect on our sleep, on our melatonin and immune function, and on our hormone production as well. It affects our neurotransmitters, affects our energy, it affects our testosterone levels, affects our motivation, our focus, our ability to complete tasks. And that disrupts something called dopamine. When we lack dopamine, we actually start craving foods and participating in addictive behaviors, which are going to light up the dopamine centers. So proper lighting actually has such a powerful effect on our health. So getting outside, getting natural sunlight, first thing in the morning, middle of the day, and if you can watch the sunset, is such a powerful tool for us to heal. The direction that lighting is coming from. In nature, the only time lighting comes from overhead is in the middle of the day. However, when we're surrounded by artificial lighting, the lighting source is overhead the entire day. And so simply changing the color temperature of our bulbs, we use red bulbs in our house, and the direction that the light is coming from is going to mimic more of a natural signal, which is going to be far less disruptive to our circadian rhythm. When we don't sleep properly, we have so many people in this country that have a hard time sleeping, which should be the easiest thing for us to do, right? To lay down, close your eyes and fall asleep, heal, recover, regenerate, restore, and then you wake up seven or eight hours later and you should feel like a new person. But millions upon millions of people don't even do that properly. And it's because their lighting is disrupted. It's because their stress levels remain consistently high. It's because they are not aware of the changes and shifts that they can easily make by improving these conditions. And that has a domino effect on their health. In fact, interestingly enough, if we don't get a good night's sleep, then that affects our cravings the next day. It affects our ability to satiate ourselves the next day. And then that creates a domino effect when it comes to our food choices. So simple things like that, even I'll give you another example. Anatomically, most people use the bathroom incorrectly. Your knees should be above your hips. And most people sit on a toilet, which anatomically puts them in the incorrect position. So their pelvis is not even positioned correctly for them to go to the bathroom. Then they might complain of bloating or heartburn or indigestion or constipation, but they're fighting their anatomy every single time they use the bathroom. So sort simple the, the squatty potty, right? Right, exactly, yeah. right? So, so we try to address like 10 or 12 things that people can do with a higher level of consciousness and awareness, which give the body the right inputs. Let's not fight our physiology. Let's not send our body the wrong message. Let's not fight our anatomy. Let's cooperate with it by having a higher level of awareness and understanding and then tap into it and do these 
several things with a greater awareness, you're already doing them. You're already breathing. Let's get you breathing through your nose instead of breathing through your mouth. You're already going to the bathroom. Let's get you seated in the correct position. You're already going to bed. Let's get you to do that with more awareness. Let's get you into deeper stages of sleep so that your brain can heal. Let's get you sleeping on the right side of your body. Sleeping on your left side helps with draining the lymphatics and helps clear out the mind. Sleeping on your right side with your left side up helps you get into deeper stages of sleep because you're going to activate your parasympathetic system. So there's simple things like that that we can do that can have a profound effect if we do them with a certain level of awareness. And this is just, I know, just talked about three things here, but it doesn't have to be complicated. And here's the thing, like when I first started my career, I was doing a lot of testing. What I realized very quickly is that I can't test everything because A, it would be impossible for me to interpret all that information. B, it would be a huge liability nightmare because I'm liable for every single lab report that it's generated that I order. And C, I can't measure everything. So I'm always missing something if I'm focused strictly on what I can measure. So there's always going to be something that I'm not measuring. So instead, what we said is, how do we keep it simple? Let's say, Josh, you're a client. I could teach you the simple things that you can do. I can show you an easy way to measure your progress, either with a continuous glucose monitor or a wearable device that tracks your sleep. And now I can show you firsthand that what you're doing is working because within a few days, people start feeling better. They start functioning better and the needle starts moving in the right direction and they can see that. So we decided how do we keep it simple so that you can do it, but then you can also model it to other people because the dangerous thing is, let's say you came to me, let's say, I don't want to use you as an example because I don't want to code that into the universe, but let's say a, a client comes to me and they have high blood pressure or they have whatever challenge, you name it, the diagnosis. You know, they're going to come to us and they're going to say, I have XYZ condition. Even if I send them home with a bottle of the most natural, most affordable supplements, most natural, no side effects, right? I send them home with that. What they're telling their children is that when you don't feel well, you don't have to take any responsibility. You just got to take some sort of magic pill. Now, the problem is whatever behavior caused that dysfunction is likely causing other dysfunctions that haven't popped up just yet. And the body never makes mistakes. You know, this is very important for us to understand. Your body never makes mistakes. We might make mistakes. We might not like what our body is trying to tell us, but the body never makes mistakes. Your body's not trying to kill you, right? If it wanted to, it just has to stop breathing for four minutes and you'd be dead. So we have to kind of realize that our bodies are allied. It's not trying to damage us. It's not trying to kill us. It's doing whatever it can to signal to us something is wrong. And it's giving us time and space to find a solution. So we want to tap into that. And we want you to be able to tap into that, our clients to tap into that, and then model that to their children. Because the form of healthcare that we choose can potentially be a form of generational trauma to our children. Listen, there's all kinds of people that in the natural world, in the allopathic world, that are happy to sell you a pill, that are happy to do some testing on you. However, there needs to be more people that are happy to educate you on how not to need those things or how to use them with a certain discretion in knowing that you're doing all the right things or as many of the right things as you possibly can. Something like high blood pressure, a simple example is many people have high blood pressure because they have a weak diaphragm. Their diaphragm is weak because they don't breathe correctly. Your diaphragm is known as your second heart. So when the diaphragm is weak or we take shallow breaths, the heart actually isn't being massaged 
and assisted to push the blood through our body. So our heart has to work harder. So what does it do? It increases blood pressure. Another reason people are struggling with high blood pressure is because they lack adequate production of nitric oxide. Nitric oxide dilates our blood vessels. Well, guess what? When you breathe correctly and you eat correctly, you actually make adequate amounts of nitric oxide, which allows you to have naturally lower and healthier blood pressure. Getting in the sun creates a process called sulfation. Sulfation actually turns our blood vessels into a battery. It creates something called the exclusion zone. And that exclusion zone, as blood is going through, creates an electrical gradient, which literally energizes us, but allows the blood to move more smoothly through our body. So breathing correctly and getting out in the sun and eating the right foods are way more effective at lowering blood pressure than any one pill that I could give you that's going to block an enzymatic function in your body. See, the reason we would block an enzymatic function or block a hormone from being produced is because we believe the body's making a mistake and we don't correct the behavior. We just correct the biochemistry, but then the body's not dumb. It's going to find another way to increase blood pressure because that's exactly what it needs. And this is why you might find people on multiple blood pressure medications, still their blood pressure might be high. So it's important for us to realize that there's really simple, sophisticated things that we can do that make all the difference in the world and work like this. They work super, super fast. Yeah, I think that's a huge, awesome point that you made is because sometimes when you get more into the science of the wellness, like you get into functional medicine and clinical nutrition as classically trained practitioners, we sort of go, well, I call it the green pill for the ill instead Mm -hmm. of the pill for the ill. It's like, oh, just go layer on the supplements, layer on the tests. Functional medicine practitioners that I grew up with in my journey, it's like $10,000 worth of tests and you're going to take this many supplements. And like you said, you're literally subconsciously training yourself to believe that something outside of you is fixing you. And that's what we're talking about. It all starts from within. And so looking at it from that shift is so critically important. And what you just described though, was like, well, there's science here. This isn't just sunlight is good for you. Breathing is good for you. We now know biochemically simple makes the most difference. I love the universal 80-20 rule, right? Mm -hmm. 80% of what we do is lifestyle and medicine. When we say food is medicine, it's true. The 20% is how we tweak things with wearables and genetics and genomics and tweaking with the supplements because we can't get it from nature or we can't get it for some reason and getting that acute done. And so it's funny, I always think from a pharmacist perspective, like metformin used for diabetes and blood sugar regulation. Well, the package insert that pharma goes with is in conjunction with diet and lifestyle choices, (laughs) metformin is for you kind of thing, right? but we automatically take that part out. It's like the doctor says, well, you should eat right and exercise and take this pill. And then the patient comes in, they take the pill. They didn't diet or exercise. And in 90 days comes back. Well, the pill isn't working because now let's do the next pill. What we've been talking about today is like putting all of the emphasis on that first piece and then working your way back. And it is totally possible. I think that's what's important here is The stories in our head is like, well, my patient won't do that or this or that, but you've managed to do this. You're in Canada. They have universal health care or sick care, I guess. 
everything's supposed to be paid for, but you work off a cash-based model, right? In your practice. Absolutely. Yep. So tell, tell the, tell this, this crowd, these pharmacists, because when I've talked a lot in the past, the first thing I've tried to dispel is, well, my patients won't pay for it or insurance won't pay for that thing. Cause pharmacists still don't get paid for cognitive services. We're still in the battle for that. And I've embraced the cash model. I've learned from you. I've learned from others. I'm not waiting for the insurance model. I actually don't care if the insurance model comes, except we might get more access. So tell people a little bit about how you built two seven-figure businesses off dispelling the myth that your patients won't pay for it. Yeah, and here's the thing. I want to be totally transparent. Not everyone's going to pay for it, okay? And that comes to everything. Not everyone's going to go to the Apple store and buy the most amazing computer that they just released. Not everyone's going to go to the Porsche dealership and buy a car that has multi-decade heritage of winning the Grand Prix or winning racing events. So that's okay. We've got to decide who we're for and who we're not for. So we can't base our value on people who don't share the same values as we do. So we have to recognize that there's going to be a percentage of people that want the best, that are looking for somebody who has this paradigm approach. And there's going to be people that want whatever is cheap or whatever is free. They don't even care if it kills them. So that's the first thing that we have to realize is we're not for everybody. If you think you're for everybody and you try to sell your services to everybody or sell what your paradigm is to everybody, you're going to be grossly disappointed. Okay. So that's first and foremost is we have to set our expectations correctly that we are for the right person we are priceless. For the wrong person, we are worthless. And once you recognize that, then it makes the next few steps so much easier. So the thing I always explain to people is about using a car as an analogy, or even using your home insurance as an analogy. Listen, if your house burns down or is burning down, calling the fire department doesn't cost you anything. It's covered by your taxes. If you have homeowner's insurance, they're going to help you rebuild your house. But none of those, the government is not going to help you improve the quality of your house. They're not going to install a new kitchen for you. Your home insurance isn't going to retile your bathroom or paint your wall for you and make the home more comfortable to live in and make it better than you found it. They're not going to do anything like that. In fact, they're only going to help you when the house is completely in tatters and completely destroyed. Then they're going to come in and help you and they're not going to make it better than you. They're going to bring it back to where it was before it burned down, right? Or before it was flooded. Same thing with your car. There's some people that will buy a $180,000 Porsche and the first place they go to is the tuner and they'll spend another 20 grand and they'll add another hundred horsepower to get the most out of that vehicle. Or there's somebody who doesn't know how to responsibly drive that car, will wrap it around a pole and take it to the mechanic or the auto body shop. And guess what? The insurance is going to cover that, but nobody wants that. Like, it's great that we have insurance. It's great that we have this you know, financial backup plan if stuff goes wrong, if we make a mistake or there's an accident that takes place, but they're not going to give you a car that's any better than the one that was wrapped around the pole. So they're going to take you back to whatever your baseline is. And that's fair. I think that's a fair contribution to your journey towards health and healing. But you have to realize that if you want better for yourself, then you've got to think like that person that takes the car to the tuner. You've got to think like that person that has homeowner pride, who landscapes their yard, who renovates their home, who upgrades their living environment. You've got to apply those same principles to your health. And here's what I've learned, Josh, is that the most valuable investment that has the biggest ROI that we could ever make is in ourselves. 
And there's nothing more important for us to invest in than ourselves. And that's the type of person that I want to work with. Listen, if you want to scrape by in life, then I'm not for you. That's not my goal. I don't know how to live that way. I don't know how to think that way. We're never going to connect. We're never going to see eye to eye. But if you want to explore what life has to offer and live your life to its fullest potential so that you can be the gift of the cosmos that you are, be a gift to your community, be a gift to your family, be a role model for your children and all the generations that follow after you and leave and live a legacy, then I'm the person for you. So I'm not for everybody. I can't be for everybody. I want everyone to win, but they've got to want to win first. And as a guide and as a coach, they're going to be the ones winning the championship. I'm going to be on the side cheering them on and finding their blind spots and helping them see what they can do better and doubling down on their gifts. But if they want to win, it's up to them. So in a patient-centered model of healthcare, it's not a passive objective to be healthy. You're actively engaged, right? I'm not doing surgery on you where you're just laying there under anesthesia and I'm going to do all the work and you're going to wake up and magically this problem is gone. You know, that's not how life works. But if you want to explore the boundaries of human consciousness, of your physical possibilities, of what it means to show up and bloom as you fully can, then I'm the right person for you. So it really starts by really knowing what our worth is, really understanding who we want to work with, recognizing that we're not for everybody, and I even tell people, listen, if my competition, I don't even call it competition because it's a totally different mindset, right? A tuner doesn't compete with a mechanic. A tuner is not in competition with an auto body shop. So I'm not in competition with the free healthcare system that's out there because that healthcare system can only help you when you're sick. And every single thing that they do would make a healthy person sick. So they'll never get you as healthy as you can be. And they certainly won't help you live life to its fullest potential. That decision is based on us. I mean, think about it. There's people that go to the doctor that feel terrible, that are told everything is normal and nothing is done for them for years upon years upon years. That same person can come to me. I don't have to do any labs. I don't do any scans. I can ask them 10 questions and I can give them tools and strategies and methodologies that will get them feeling better within days in measurable ways. Things that they can do to measure would be the wearable technology, for example. So there is people that are looking for this. In fact, many of us operate this way under this paradigm in other areas of our life. I know that you're probably into upgrading your home periodically. I know you're probably into upgrading other areas of your life, maybe landscaping project, maybe a kitchen renovation, maybe you know taking your car to the tune or even washing your car, right? The insurance doesn't cover you know me detailing my car, me take, getting an oil change, me getting you know doing routine maintenance on it. And certainly it's not going to cover taking those things to the next level. So it's really about shifting the way we present what we have to offer to people and recognizing that we're not for everybody and we can't be for everybody. It's nobody can be for everybody. Even the current healthcare system isn't for everybody and nobody wants that. I tell my clients, listen, if you could go see every single doctor in our free healthcare system and every single person you see will only give you something to make you sicker. Your ceiling for what your health capacity is will only decline over a period of time. They're not going to make you healthier. That's not even their objective. A firefighter's objective isn't to rebuild your house and make it better than they found it. It's to prevent it from burning to the ground. And I'm grateful that they're there. 
But when I need to rebuild my house and if I want to make it better than it was before, I need somebody who has a contractor's mindset or a handyman's mindset who can come in and make things work the way they're supposed to or better than they were when they found them. Yeah, these are massively good nuggets because I always say your insurance pays for you to be sick, not well. The analogies are so great because that's how people resonate with story. I always love the car one. It's like your insurance will pay for your car to get fixed when it's busted, but it will not put oil in your car or give the gas it needs to do well. And that also helps us like just, oh yeah, you're right. And then all of a sudden they get it. It's like, that's the first thing I say to people, well, what does my insurance pay for? And then you go there, but like you're the everything for everybody. That's what pharmacy's been told. You go to the doctor, you get a piece of paper, could, could have anything on it, right? It's a prescription for something. Usually it's a medication for us but it could be for anything. So we serve people with that philosophy of as soon as you walk through the door, we'll take care of you no matter what. So we have this little Swiss army knife in our heads that says, I can do everything. When they say the riches are in the niches, it's because we've decided in the wellness model, it isn't for everybody. There's some people that wear Patagonia because it's valuable to them. They've exchanged the currency, which is just a form of energy into that piece of clothing, whether it's Orvis or Rolex or whatever. We're not always talking high end either. We can make programming with group-based model programming extremely affordable for people. And I love what you said. It's like, if they resonate with that, that's what I've found working with people over the last few years is the people that get me and want to do what we can offer together. It's like that energetic, like coherence together. If you vibe with them, they're going to get great results. But if that person's coming in, testing all the things you're trying to say and do, and it's like, if they trust the process, it works so much better. I'm getting phenomenal results with my patients doing the things you just said versus I got to do this test. I got to do this. I got to do that. So I love that whole component of simple is easier. What I've learned from you and what always sticks with me is consistency carves canyons. That's a Sachinism I'll never forget (laughs) because it really does matter. If our message is consistent in this pharmacy model we're creating, going beyond the pill, we're not trying to say they're not necessary. They're necessary when they are necessary, but they're not necessary when they're not, which means doing those other things can really help move and shift our patient's philosophy, which then in turns, if all of our customers came in with that testimonial, my pharmacist told me how to not take medicine. Like, can you imagine what people would be saying, right? And that's what we're talking about with this summit is like, how do we shift? and shift for the right reasons. And it's good for the business and the patient at the same time, which is really kind of where I love the approach is we're not shifting this to where we can't stay in business and help our people either. Yeah, you know, 100% and absolutely. And, And I would argue that not a single person wants to fill that prescription. Yeah. If you gave them the option of filling that prescription or not filling it, they'd rather probably not fill it, but they haven't been given what their alternative options are. And that's the thing. As a pharmacist, you are the most trusted healthcare representative in your community. So people trust you more than they trust anyone else. I believe it's valuable for us to be able to offer an opportunity for them to at least, if they are going to fill the prescription, what are their 
complementary options? What are other things that they can do? What are some key questions that we can ask them? Or even what are some handouts that we can give our clients to let them know, hey, this medication is going to deplete the following nutrients. You might want to eat more of these foods or make sure you're getting enough of this nutraceutical in your multivitamin, or here's one that you can take from us. They might also want to know what are some lifestyle behaviors that they can change, right? So blood pressure is a very common uh, issue that I'm sure you see over and over again. And people are coming in, refilling their prescription. What are some behavior changes that they can participate in? Are they breathing correctly? Are they getting enough sunlight? Is there 30, 40 pounds that they need to lose? Because you know, right now their problem might be blood pressure, but down the road, it's going to be diabetes. It's going to be heart disease. It's going to be cancer. It's going to be all kinds of other nasty things that there may not be a pill for, for them to fix. And then the other thing is what environmental changes can they make? Sometimes something can be as simple as changing your light bulb to decrease cortisol production in the evening and increase melatonin production so you get more restful sleep. Sometimes it might be something as simple as making sure that you're getting a good night's rest by creating the right environment in your room when you're sleeping. So it doesn't have to be complicated, but we can even create worksheets that say, hey, if this is your problem, here's the nutrients that you need to consider. Here's the foods that you might want to eat more of. Here's the lifestyle changes you might want to make and explore. And here's the environmental changes that you might want to make. And so, you know, a simple handout like that can go a long way, even as they fill that prescription. And eventually, you know, the goal, I think for all of us is for them not to need that medication or not to need that supplement if they're taking the right action steps and the problem goes away. But guess what? They're going to look to you as a trusted source in your community and a trusted resource. And whenever they can, they're going to send more people your way and they're going to be eternally grateful for you. One thing I want to add to this conversation, Josh, is that we're not in the business to save our clients money. We're in the business to get them as healthy as they can be because there's nothing more expensive than living another 20 years. You got to buy your wife 20 more gifts on her birthday. You got to take her on 80 more vacations. You've got to buy all your grandkids their birthday gifts. You got to pay your mortgage or your rent or whatever the case may be. So we're not in the business to save people money. We're in the business to help people live an exceptional quality of life because there's nothing cheaper than being dead. So if the ultimate goal is to save money, then just be sick, have an accelerated death and you'll save money, right? Your life will be shortened by 20, 30 years and you'll save a ton of money. But if you're going to live 20, 30 years longer, which is certainly our potential, then learn to love being healthy. Learn to love teaching people how to live an amazing, extraordinary life. Because there's going to be some changes coming, whether you or we as chiropractors and you as pharmacists are leading that charge. It's the direction things are going in because this current paradigm of health is not going to be this way. There's going to be a shift. There's an undercurrent that is coming to the surface and We could be part of that movement or we could continue to resist it and get swept up. So I'm moving with it and I'm trying to lead the charge as much as I can. I know, Josh, you're doing your part as much as you can. And we're looking for people to come along, you know, and surf with us because that wave is here and people are looking for this type of service. And sometimes when you're at the early edge of a new shift or a new trend that's taking, it's not even a trend. It's really the way things are going. It can feel very uncomfortable. It can feel very lonely. So that's why you're in the right place with other people who are on a similar journey and similar path to learn how to make this a reality. And here's the absolute worst case scenario of either practicing this way or living your life this way. 
the absolute worst case scenario is that you will be healthier, your family will be healthier, your clients will be happier and healthier, and you will be even a more trusted resource for your community. And that, to me, trumps all of the financial gain that's possible through this process because we're not here to make as much money as we can. It's nice that there is a financial opportunity and a business opportunity, but what's more important is that there is actually an opportunity to serve your community in a way they've never been served before. Yeah, I love that space because that's how I started my business. That's how I know you lead yours is purpose over profit. And I think when you shift that mentality of, profit center. I loved your analogy with these people aren't my competitors, right? Everyone asks, they're like, how do you compete with CVS and Walgreens? And I was like, I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm like the total opposite. That's why people, we used to say we're more personal. And now I think that evolution we're talking about is personalized, like mm-hmm. moving to that personalized, optimized healthcare that they don't deliver because they want the Amazons of the world, the everything for everybody. Pharmacies, we could take even five to 10% of the people flowing in with the medications. That's what they're coming in for. I call it my lead magnet now. It's like my lead generating magnet is the prescription. And then when they walk in the door, if we introduce these things and they see the value, but we don't need all of those folks to go along the ride because it it is infective. You've grown your mentorship to hundreds of practitioners, but it didn't start that way. It started with a few and Mm -hmm. that grew and grew and grew. That's why we're doing this summit to get that awareness out first that we can shift. And so I love that analogy. Well, as we wrap up, you are the most go-giver guy I know. You give way more than you expect to return. And so you've given some good free stuff, some really good, valuable things for people. You know, the people I think on this summit are pharmacists. We're introducing all these things about beyond the pill. One of them is probably just getting started, trying to figure things out, understands that we need to do something more, but they're not really sure where to get started. And I always say, do you first, right? And so you've got an awesome freebie, your 30 and 30 that you're giving out to our community. We're going to have links for that for people to do it. That's kind of where I think that do you first comes from. And then obviously there's functional medicine, holistically trained pharmacists in here. You're also offering your free book. That's how I got in line with you. I got that book and I read it and I'm like, there is so much here I need to learn more about. Mm. Those two freebies, you can tell a little bit about what those are, and then we'll wrap up here and get people moving. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Well, thank you, Josh, for facilitating this event and this conversation. It's always a pleasure. So the two things that I would love for people to take a look at, they're both absolutely free. The first is 30 and 30. So a few years ago, I realized that there's no way I could help every single person. Even if people were breaking down my door and wanted my help, there's only one of me. And so I love leveraging technology. And what I did is I packaged up 30 of my best tips. So if you were to come in and see me as a paying client, these are the 30 things that I need you to know in order for you to have your own personal health awakening and journey to be on. And so every single day, you'll get a short video and a very to the point email that tells you exactly what to do. So things like gratitude, things like sunlight exposure, things like what to do instead of using a microwave. And I share not only why you shouldn't be using a microwave, but what 
you can do instead. So that's just a few examples, but there's 30 amazing tips in there that are really simple, easy to follow. And it's a kind of a great checklist, a personal checklist for us to ensure, hey, are we doing the right things? And is our family doing the right things? The other thing that I want to share with all of you is my book. It's called Perfect Practice. And it is the culmination of over 15 years of being in practice and building multiple clinics and coaching several hundred practitioners. And it kind of encapsulates what I want each of you to know from a marketing perspective, from a tool perspective, what tools do you need to build your business? What's the mental frameworks that you need for success? So there's all that information that's in there. And again, if you were a paying client of mine, I would want you to know all of these things. And because I can't help every single person, I put it into a book for you. All you got to do is pay for the shipping, help us cover the printing costs and the shipping costs, and we'll send that to you absolutely free. So grab a copy, dig through it. I wrote it in a way that I would want to read it. So each chapter is really short, sweet, to the point, and easy for you to, to connect. And you can literally open up that book anywhere to any page, to any chapter, and you'll get some valuable information in less than five minutes. So everything I do, despite how much I spoke today, thank you, Josh, but everything I do is kind of quick and to the point so that you're not wasting your time learning theory, you're spending your time, investing your time instead in taking action. I've learned so much about that with you. We're both visionaries in our own respects. So it's not a title, it's more of a mindset, but you're that actionable item taking action. And you didn't learn all this stuff by yourself. I admire you so much because you do invest in yourself. You've invested in tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars on yourself learning from the best people. You said it before, like the coach and the GM of a sports, they don't do the sport. They guide everybody. And so I want everyone to hear from you is like, you've been there, done that in my eyes because you're a couple steps ahead of me. So I'm learning from the best because we don't need to reinvent all these wheels. And so I admire you for that. I admire you for taking action and inspiring me as well to take action in these things because I can get stuck in the learning. I love to learn more and more, but we can't help our people. We can't help this planet if we don't put it into action. You know, what I found the best way to learn is to take action. And you actually learn more from the action that you take, or, you know, let's call the mistakes for now that you make. And that's the best teacher. So put things into action is what I would encourage everyone to do. And, you know, kind of going back to what you were saying is I would never hire a coach that didn't have a coach. So I have several coaches that coach me and support me in different areas of my life that are important to me. I have a great marriage, but I have a relationship coach, right? Because I want to make it an extraordinary or exceptional marriage. I have a great spiritual practice, but guess what? I have a spiritual coach, somebody who guides me in my soul's journey. I have a business coach, somebody who guides me in helping me build my business and identify blind spots because that's an important area for me to focus on. So the things that are important to us, we will invest resource into. And of course, our most valuable resource is our time. So it's more than the investment of the money, it's the investment of time. So we always want to be aware of where we're investing and devoting our most valuable resource, which is our time and our focus and our presence. That's an awesome way to end this beautiful conversation. You can't get more time. So invest in yourself, but also invest in taking that time and putting it useful, right? And learning from others. I've wasted years before I kind of got into the fold with you and investing in really my programming and things was I spent so much time 
spinning the wheels, trying to figure out how to implement all these things when all I had to do was throw it out there and learn from people like you. So I really appreciate you and all you've done for me in this community. And thank you so much for being a part of the summit. Well, thank you, Josh. It truly is a pleasure. And thank you all for tuning in. And I trust that you got some actionable nugget that you can put into place to make your communities healthier, happier, and more whole, because that's what the world needs right now. You know, appreciate you for putting this together because I think pharmacists are exceptionally well positioned in their communities to make the impact that I know you and I want to make and many of them want to make as well. Awesome. Well, signing off. I'll see you, brother, on the other side. Thanks, my man. Talk to you soon. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Beyond the Pills podcast. You can find Josh on LinkedIn and Facebook at Josh Rimini and on TikTok at Beyond the Pills. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we'd be forever grateful if you left a review wherever you get your podcasts. If you know somebody who wants to go beyond the pills, send them this episode. If you've got any specific questions or ideas for future episodes, reach out to Josh and send him a message. Thanks again for being a part of the Beyond the Pills community. We'll see you next time. Thank you.